Welcome to the Grow Equation Podcast, a training podcast for service-based business owners who want to hashtag work less, earn more. Your host, Diana Lidstone, has been working with businesses for more than three decades to help them get known as the undeniable authority in their industry, ramp up their profits, and optimize their resources with the end goal that they work less and earn more. So if you're ready to implement simple steps to banish the hustle and to do business differently, then stop. Stop folding laundry or running on your treadmill, grab a pen and paper, and let's dive into today's episode. Hello, friends. Today's topic is a five-letter, although she says it's a four-letter word, that makes so many business owners squirm. And truthfully, although it's an essential part of our business, I used to squirm. And as the kids say, I sucked at this. I hemmed, I hawed, and I really was not confident. But have no fear, our special guest, Lisa Dad, will share some solutions as to how to make this essential part of your business more soulful. Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Grow Equation Business Podcast, where I share tips and strategies and guest interviews so you can work less, earn more. And I'm so excited to welcome today, Lisa Dad. She is a fellow Dames member, a fellow Canadian, whoop, whoop. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and a corporate sales and marketing manager turned transformational business owner. Her radical approach to selling from inside our comfort zone shifts a paradigm that we've been taught to believe. Welcome, Lisa. Thank you for having me, Diana. I'd also say that we have another commonality that you, we both kind of live at the water. <laughs> we do. We do. Part of the whole work less, earn more lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, we got to work where it makes us happy, right? Absolutely. Yeah. I just want to talk a little bit before we get started about sales, because that's the five-letter, four-letter word, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and, you know, I remember my early sales experience is that were totally not my thing, right? And I'm sure yeah. you've got people the same kind of thing. I could probably like a lot of listeners, I came from a retail background. And so I could sell something and yeah. I could sell somebody else's program or whatever, but I totally lacked the confidence in selling my own programs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sound familiar? Absolutely. It's exactly why I do what I do. It's for those individuals that have that exact thing. It's a lot of times it's easier, you know, to sell something else because there's not that emotional attachment. So we can dive into that conversation. That's a great one. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is, you know, as a mom, I'll look back and I'll go, we sell every day. Like absolutely. Right. We yes. sell to maybe our spouses because we want to go out to dinner. So we sell the idea <laughs> that we want to go out to dinner. Or we, my daughter would kill me for this, but anyway, when she was potty training her, I used to sell her. I used to bribe her with jelly beans. Yeah. And it's still, yeah. right? <laughs> I do. And you know, often I will say to people, whether you're selling a service, a product, or an idea, we're always selling. And often I will say, if you're selling your teenager on why they need to clean their room, you're still selling. So exactly. that's exactly. 
example I use is the mom. Yeah, I'm not even a mom. I have a fur baby, but no kids. But I pull that one because I know people get it, right? It's like, yeah. oh yeah, getting your husband to uh, take care of something so that you can spend time on your business or, you know, whatever that might be, selling yourself on the value of self-care, self-love and happiness in order to be productive doing other things. We're selling ourselves even half the time. Yeah, it was kind of an aha moment when I realized that, you know, I was already good at sales. I just wasn't good at perhaps selling my programs, products, or services to somebody else. And I think, you know, you talk about identifying and using your soul language and a natural approach to sales. And I'd love for you to share with us what you mean by that. Yeah, absolutely. So here, what I'll say is that all those times in your life, when you realize you can look back on it now, you're like, wow, I was always kind of selling and you can use a different word. Sometimes people, the word sales, is a five letter word that people think the energy is a four letter word. It's like, oh, everybody wants sales. They just don't like to sell. (laughs) But all of those times that you were naturally enrolling and able to get buy-in, you weren't even really trying is that your soul language was speaking for you and through you. You were in your natural approach. And so often when I'm working with people before we even dive into their actual soul language, because it's a tool that I use. So soul language is an assessment tool that I use. It comes out of the Netherlands from my mentor and business partner. And it gives me the language to touch that truth in someone. But the truth is your soul is always speaking to you. It's just that we're not always paying attention and or our fears or our experiences or what we've been taught by our parents or society block that or mask that or bring in energy of fears that really don't belong. Yeah. So, so, you know, in selling, I think, you know, there's a lot of fear. There's a lot of preconceived ideas, right? You know, selling means you got to be like that pushy car salesman, but that's absolutely. Yeah. So when we talk about soul language and soul sales is that, and soul language has a lot of different aspects to it. The one that really fits. So there's your approach, your adaptation, your fears, your phase. There's a bunch of pieces to soul language. The one I play with most in sales is your approach. So specifically, everyone has an archetypical, there's seven archetypes, and everyone has an archetypical approach to the way they approach anything. Hmm. And what I'm really helping people do is helping them remember what that is and leverage it in a sales environment. So the the pushy car salesman that you met might have had a lot of warrior energy. And so they have that stamina and that persistence, and it feels like they're almost like fighting you on it almost a little bit, right? And no one really likes that. So if you happen to have a lot of sage energy, or you have a lot of energy of the king, your approach to things is going to be very, very different than someone who, say, has a lot of warrior energy. So you said there are seven different archetypes? There's seven different archetypes. And when you do your whole soul language, there's also seven different aspects. And so we're not just one. I want to say that first for someone who goes, well... I might be a little of that and I might be a little of that. The truth is my dominant energy is that of the king. However, I have the approach of the priest and you can say priestess for anybody out there that the terms are not gender-based. So you can say queen or priestess, whatever you want. But when we start to understand what our natural approach is and we start to learn from that place, why we say can learn from inside our comfort zone, we can really sink into it and say, oh, okay, this is my natural approach. How can I use that better in a sales environment? And the one I'd like to say is, you know, a helper energy, it's more quiet. It's more moderate. They're very reserved energy. And they often will say to me, oh, I wish I was more, you know, outgoing like you, Lisa. And I say, well, that wouldn't serve you because your energy is not that. 
So we got to teach you how to be great at sales in your own energy. So you don't have to be me, you know, Diana should sell like Diana, not like Lisa. I love that because there is so much of business today that, you know, people are, let's say the easy button approach, right? You know, you just, whatever. And a lot of it is cookie cutter programs and whatever, but I think it is so important for us to be more of who we are authentically, whether it's your marketing. So for instance, I interviewed a couple of episodes ago, Amy Hager, who talks about, you know, your content personality. So there's another way that you can step into who you are and learn to fall in love with marketing. So if I draw the analogy here, You are doing sort of a similar thing so that you can fall in love with selling. Absolutely. Let's take those two things because I love Amy. She's great. I listened to that episode and I love the content personality stuff. So the soul language is the energy underneath it. Authenticity to me is the baseline. Yeah. And the next level is radical self-awareness. So I truly believe that most of us are being authentic as we can be, right? And yes, society and experiences, they put layers on us. But I don't think anybody's truly not trying to be authentic, right? And so I start there, but then we look at radical self-awareness. So let's take Amy's content personality stuff. Once you start to recognize, hey, I actually deliver content better live and in person. I say, great, that's your first level of awareness. Now, if you look at your soul language, someone who has a lot of sage energy is going to show up differently in those live environments than someone who has a lot of scholar energy. And so they can layer on top of each other and you start to get really understanding your own energy of what you bring to that environment, not just your personality, but just your core energy of who you are. Yeah. Oh, I love how that meshes together because, you know, you say scholar and, you know, I am basically, if I could say a teacher at heart, there's nothing I love better than teaching people. And so I could see how, you know, I'm alive and in person, but what I do live and in person is teach. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, let's take that even a little bit further, right? Because here's the thing about that is that sometimes, you know, you hear the word scholar and of course you think teaching and scholar is the true archetypical teacher. However, sages in a way may look like they're teaching, but the energy underneath it's different. So the core energy of a sage is all about expression. They love expressing and they need to express. And so often you'll see the difference is the scholar is a little bit more neutral energy. They want to teach you everything and anything about a topic because they love the knowledge. They need to soak up all the knowledge. And so someone who's a scholar energy on marketing, they'd want to know all the things about marketing and all the ways and all the pieces and teach all the information. A sage who's teaching marketing would be like, oh, I see all the different ones, but I kind of like a little this one and a little this one. And they almost like create a mosaic of something that is more inspiring to them, you know? And so you get sages as more of the performers, right? Sages are great on stage because they love to express and they love having an audience. Interesting. Interesting. Because, you know, when you talk about the seven archetypes, you kind of go, okay, seven archetypes and you pick one, but it's much more complicated and complex than that. Am I getting this right? Well, absolutely. But the beautiful part of it is, is you can start in it from a simple form. You can start to say like, Hey, I think I might have a little scholar and I might have a little sage. And so that can actually inform you. And then when you're saying, okay, now it's my next level, I'm successful where I'm at, but what's next for me. What if I dove into that a little bit more? 
what part of me is sage and how can I, you know, leverage that and how can I really allow myself to be that? And that's where you really start to see some of the bigger movements in your own development. That's why I call it radical self-awareness. So seven archetypes, and then I'm guessing, so how do you work with somebody like that? You know, it's a whole assessment and a whole mentoring. I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. So the assessment is the first stage when I'm working with people one-on-one or in my group programs, we do the full soul language assessment. So we can see exactly what energies that their soul is playing with. So we do that first, and then we start to work with that. And so if we're talking about well, let's talk about sales is what I talk about a lot. Sales to me is here's the hashtag. Here's the tweetable sales is a conversation, not a presentation. And so I spend a lot of time with people saying, what's your conversation? What are you talking about? And how are you talking about it? And what is your way of expressing that? And how do you approach it? So then I'll look at the clients and I'll say, okay, as a scholar, how are you approaching being in your conversation? Versus a warrior, right? What does that look like for you? And when people are in a conversation with you, what is that energy that really, you know, warrior energy is very motivating. Warriors have this beautiful ability when they're in the positive pole of their energy, they can motivate people into action, right? And so their conversation is about motivating people into action. Whereas someone in a scholar energy is really about teaching people, teaching people information that they might take action on, but they might do something else with. There's just a different energy underneath it. Very cool. Very cool. And so this helps you up-level your sales success, I'm guessing. It's going to help you increase conversion rates. This is how it mostly works. This is it, is that when you come from your natural energy or natural language or natural approach, you will be the most naturally enrolling. So someone is like, priest energy is very passionate and charismatic. And if someone's thinking they need to be that way because they've been taught that someone's teaching a sales program right now that's teaching all of that. And it works really well for them because it's their soul language. Someone else is trying to put all those ideas and thoughts into place and it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel good. And they might even get a little bit of success for it, but it's hard to stay with it over long term because it's so not who they are at their core. And so when you're in a conversation with someone else, they feel that. And they know they don't even know why. And it's not that the person's trying to be inauthentic, but there's just a mismatch, right? And we feel energy. Yeah, absolutely. You talk a little bit about devaluing ourselves. Explain a little bit about what you mean on that sort of topic. Yeah. Well, there's many things I could think about that for sales. One of them is I've been get to people, they're lowering their prices too low. So we can devalue ourselves that way. We can very quickly, I don't know if you've had this thing as a Canadian, but a Canadian who does majority of the business with Americans and often in businesses like this, it's like when I was in the early stages, I would have a Canadian on the phone. They knew I was Canadian, but my prices were an American. And I'd be like, oh, that's okay. I'll give you Canadian pricing. You know, like I felt like I had to say that. I wasn't doing it from a business standpoint. I was doing it from the, oh no, they're never going to find the value, right? Because the dollar and everything. And so I think people do that a lot. When we start to get people really solid in their own soul language and they start really communicating value, their value, the value of what they offer, that's when you get more, I call it anchoring. When I anchor someone in that, then the value is a lot easier to communicate. And then we also let go of all the fears that are creating the reasons why we are almost apologizing for what we're offering to somebody, you know? And so there's a whole connection between those fears and that energy and how we price, how we show up. Are we afraid to be too shiny? Are we afraid to be too powerful? Depending on your soul language, we all have different ways of expressing that fear. 
you know, I talk with people at all levels of business. And, you know, just before we had this conversation, young woman, and, you know, she's hoping to be an inspiring, motivational speaker. But I said, but what are you selling? (laughs) Yeah. And, oh, but I can't sell. (laughs) Yeah. Well, again, what would be different from that woman to say, okay, so you want to be a motivational speaker. So what is the conversation you're having with your audience? What are you motivating around? What is it that is going to shift and change for them? What is the conversation that you need to be in for people to be motivated, right? That's how I like that lens alone. That one statement can shift people the way they do business if they really sink into what that means. Yeah, it's quite the thing. Sales is such an integral part. And yet, I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel that, okay, well, I'm going to go to a sales coach and I'm going to get this script or I'm going to get this cookie cutter thing and it's going to be the be all end all. But really, you know, I love what you say. Sales is a conversation. It's kind of like a dance, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there's always that, you know, like you need both people involved to dance, right? You ever try to dance with someone that like is either trying to lead you when they shouldn't be or not at all following when they need to be following. So I love that you said the word dance. Absolutely. And I always say to people, sell from the soul, not a script. And so in my programs, I don't give them a script. And I know lots of people want the cookie cutter script. If you do, you don't work with me. Absolutely not. But we create a framework for you and your soul language. So you still have an aid to help you have your conversations more effectively. So they land in a sale but it's created very customized for the individual. And it's just a framework because how can we create a script? You know, it's like even the word script, scripts are for actors. You're not playing a part, you're being you, right? And so the play isn't written out. It's almost more like if you're going to have any comparison, it's more like being an improv actor where you have no idea where the scene is going to go, right? And so we talk about frameworks over scripts. Absolutely. Sell with a soul, not a script. Yeah. Good, good, good. And so you work with people, you kind of hinted at it, you work with groups and you work individually, you know, who is your ideal client that you would love to work with in either one of them? Yeah, I absolutely love, you said something at the beginning that totally hit on this. I absolutely love working with people who are experts and consultants and used to do it for someone else, but now they're running their own business. The reason I say that is because they already have an expertise. Their offering is already solid. They never had to sell it before. They really got their job and then they just did their job. But now you actually need to sell it. And you said something at the beginning, you said, you know, I find it easy to sell someone else's product or service in retail. I could do that. No problem. But now I've harder with my own. It's because when we are experts and consultants are not only selling their service, they are selling who they are at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so if you can't show up most powerfully as who you are and really anchored in that, you can't sell the service and offering because people are buying who you are as much as what you offer. Oh and that's why the fear, it's like, it's vulnerable. It's almost a little bit naked, right? Like, oh my gosh, like what if they don't like who I am? It's like, for me, I'm anchored. So if you don't like who I am, great. Go find someone you do feel really connected to. I'm not your person. It's okay. It's yeah. okay. I'm all right. I'm all right with it, you know, and someone might right now be listening, going, I kind of like what she's saying, but I don't think I could work with her. I was like, okay, good clarity. Exactly. Exactly. We all have our people and our people aren't always the same people. <laughs> the whole point, and I said sales, I'll give you another tweetable because this one comes up all the time when I'm talking to people. So when you first recognize sales as a conversation, not a presentation, that's the first one. Sales is a conversation, not a presentation. The second one is look for alignment, not agreement. 
So if you're in a sales conversation, if you're looking for agreement, there's that convincing and that pushy and that manipulative energy, whether you want it to be there or not. It's like, they need to agree with me that what I have is perfect for them. If instead we look for alignment, then the curiosity comes. I, I wonder if what I offer is good for them. I wonder if they understood this, that they would see this. Like all of a sudden the dance becomes about that. You know, it's like, is there an alignment? Do I see it? Do they see it? Do we feel compatible together as a match? And that takes away all that pushy energy. It's not pushy. It's like, let's see if we fit, you know? Yeah, I love that. Love that. Good. Before I ask you a couple of last questions, I have some questions for the listeners today. So listeners, two questions. Now, there's no doubt that Lisa can help you with your sales. And I'm really curious to follow up on that. But my question for the listeners today is, what are you selling and who are you selling to? So are you niche down enough? Are you positioned well so that you are not the best kept secret, but the sought after authority in your field? And here's a caveat without burning the candle at both ends. Well, if you're ready to up-level your business, then I invite you to book a call with me at dianalidstone.com slash schedule. Or if you go to my website, there's this funny burgundy button in the top right-hand corner. Okay, so now back to our guest. Lisa, you know, this is a great conversation. I think you and I could continue this for quite some time. (laughs) But do you have something that you want to leave our guests with or, you know, last kind of thing about sales? Yeah. I love, first of all, that what you're offering for individuals, you ask like such great questions to have people thinking about what are they selling and who are they selling it to? I can't help people sell if they don't have that. (laughs) So everybody go to Diana first, figure out what that is. (laughs) And then we'll tweak how you actually sell it. But that is a really good starting place. You know, as you mentioned, sometimes people say, I want to do this. It's like, okay, what are you selling in the back end? They have no clue. So it's hard for me to teach how to sell if you have nothing to sell. There you go. <laughs> I'll say that. And then the other thing I would leave someone with is that, look, if you want to dive deep into this, we can do your full soul language. However, you can start without me in the sense of you start noticing and paying attention where you are naturally enrolling. And it doesn't need to be in your business. It absolutely can be, you know what? I'm really good at getting the car rental place to give me a discount when there's no discounts available. Or I'm really great at the grocery store, being able to find, you know, the person who can help me, whatever, you know, whatever it is. If you can start to recognize the way in which you're naturally enrolling, that starts to leave the breadcrumbs to where you can actually be in your sales conversation. So that's just a little homework for everyone. Perfect. And, you know, if they want to connect with you, you know, we're going to have your information in the show notes, but is there a free assessment or is the assessment paid? Get right to the nitty gritty here. Absolutely. No, I don't do free assessments for one particular reason. So first of all, you can go to my website and you'll get a very short blurb on each of the seven archetypes that tells you a little bit how each of those sell differently. That is completely free. Okay. I want you to start to see the energy and you people can start to guess a little bit. The actual assessment is not free. And I do that for a reason. I only want people having the assessment done that want to work with it. This is not a Cosmo quiz and I am not giving you a label to walk around going, I'm a sage, you know, like none of the seven archetypes are better than any other. So don't want to be a king because if your energy is truly an artist, the world needs artists and the world needs warriors. I mean, we need all the energies. So to me, it's useless. If I say to you, you're a scholar, yay, that's really cool. And you shove the report in the drawer. 
So what I would say to people is that if you know you're at your next level, you already know a little bit of this about yourself, but you really want to know how to use it to how to move. You know, for me, it's all about taking some action on it and implementing it in a way that helps you exactly do what you say, which is work less and earn more. Unless you're up to that game, then, you know, read the archetypes, give yourself a label (laughs) and you're good. And if you want more, that's when we do the work. I only do that with people that want more. Absolutely. And I love that because the first step of anything really is self-awareness, right? It is. It truly is. So the one last question that I ask every guest is how do you either embody or embrace this whole concept of work less, earn more? Yeah. For me, it is all about my own radical self-awareness. I continue to learn and grow and develop myself so that I can do. It's interesting. I do have a lot of artist energy in my profile as well. I'm all about taking away things that don't fit. So for me, in order to work less to earn more, it's not about adding. It's about subtracting, right? Giving myself permission not to have to do a Facebook live every day at 12. I don't want to, and it doesn't light me up, you know? So a lot of times when I'm with clients, the first thing we're doing is I'm like, no, don't do that. No, don't do that. No, don't do that. (laughs) I'm listening to them and I'm like, why would you do that? Why would you do that? And all of a sudden they're free. And when your schedule is free, you can sink into what really feels good and expansive for you. And even if you're working the same amount of hours, it will feel less. I love that because I say it's about doing less better. And doing the right thing though, for you. For For you. Absolutely. For you. There's no right. And it's like Lisa's right is not Diana's right. It's not the audience. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, Lisa. I'm so thankful that we had this opportunity. And as I say, for listeners, be sure to check out Lisa's information in the show notes and, you know, thank you again, listeners, whether it's sales, whether it's marketing, whatever it is, you can do this. Thanks so much for listening. Until next week, bye for now. Thanks for listening to the Grow Equation Business Training Podcast, where it's all about hashtag work less, earn more. Before you go, please take a moment to leave us a review. If you enjoyed this and want more of Diana, you're invited to join her private Facebook community for live trainings, articles, and Q&A. Head over to facebook.com slash groups slash think like a CEO with Diana. Until next time, thanks for listening.